You're listening to the Real Business Connections Network. Real Business Connections Network. Powered powered by Balbert Marketing, LLC. Subscribe now and check us out at realbusinessconnections.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Real Hits. I'm Ben Albert of the Real Business Connections Network. Real Hits is where I rebroadcast some of the absolute best podcasts because they provide real value and insights on business and life. In our book, they are real hits. Full episodes in their entirety. No editing, nothing. This way you can gain more value from other podcasters, personalities, and guests. Today... It's with you, yours truly. I was a guest on the Soul Purpose Leadership Podcast. The Soul Purpose Leadership Podcast with Jennifer Watson. The title is Smart Business, The Unexpected Truths of Leading a Successful and Fun Business with Ben Albert. Jennifer brings out the best in me. Um, I have been on hundreds of podcasts by now, actually a little bit under 200, but I've been on a lot of podcasts by now. I've talked to a lot of people. She brings so much energy to the show, so much energy to the room. I love this conversation with her. And uh, on icing on the cake, she's actually going to be on my show Friday, so uh, February 2nd. Or if you're listening to this way, I, it's it's the next episode. If you're going, you're binging. Um, Jen's actually going to be on my show as well. So I do encourage you to subscribe to her podcast, the Soul Purpose Leadership Podcast. I encourage you to subscribe to the Real Business Connections Network if you haven't yet. Oh, yeah, and if you are a podcaster and you want to submit yourself to be featured on the show, you can DM me on LinkedIn or email Ben at B Albert or Balbert Marketing.com. Uninterrupted. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Soul Purpose Leadership, geared at supporting you grow in your soul purpose and accelerate your message to the world. I am your host, Jennifer Watson. I am a transformational speaker intuitive leadership coach and integrative practitioner soul purpose leadership is here to activate your vitality and wellness amplify your speaking and leadership frequency and accelerate your message to impact we will be creating opportunities for you to heal your pain dance your story own your frequency speak your truth and be your movement to influence the world for good it is your time to be the soul leader you were created for everyone. Welcome back to the Soul Purpose Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Watson. And man, oh man, I am so blessed because I have so many rock stars that come on this show and I am humbled by that. And I probably learn as much from them than the rest of my listeners learn from them. I'm writing down notes all the time. But this guest I have on today is no exception. He's the owner of Balbert Marketing. He's also the curator of the Real Business Connections Network, which is a very powerful network. We'll probably go into that today. And I love this. He once was an underdog. 
now a successful, truly successful entrepreneur. And he's really passionate about helping other underdogs achieve their dreams. I love it. And this is his mission. Love this to actually move the needle on 1 million lives. And that gives me chills, everyone. Like it really gives me shit chills. One conversation at a time. And before we introduce this beautiful man, how I met him is because of this. Ben, Ben Albert, who is coming on today. I love how he authentically connects with people. I feel that. I'm very relational. That's how I connect to the world. And I believe it's a superpower that we need to heal the world and bring our unique individual impact to the world. So I love this guy. I'm super excited to delve in to where we're going today. And I don't even know where we're going. But without further ado, I bring to you Mr. Ben Albert. Ben, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm a, Was that me? You're talking about me? <laughs> I got to live up to some high standards today. I appreciate you. You know, jokes aside, our conversation prior to clicking record was probably my favorite green room conversation I've ever had. So I'm really looking forward to this and I appreciate the listener for coming on board with us. A hundred percent. You know, Ben, all of us have our stories, but I'm always so intrigued by your story. And you say it differently all the time. This is why I just latch on to you on social media. But I would love you to just share with the audience before we get going a little bit about your story and why it is your mission now. And I still get chills to actually have yourself move the needle one conversation at a time and reach a million lives. I love this. Why is that so important to you? Tell me a little bit more about your story. Yeah. And, and I love that you noted that I tell it differently all the time. Because I don't show up with a script. People ask me different questions and I'll try to tackle a different sliver. You talked about moving the needle. And the key word there is actually, because I just finally, I just hired a personal trainer four months ago. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life in my 30s. And I'll probably get a little shredded. But Showing a before and after of your six pack doesn't necessarily actually move the needle in someone's life. You might get a vanity like, you might get a little bit of support. I want to actually move that needle. And to do that, it's it's really about being a bridge, getting the wisdom, the knowledge, the stories, the success from the people who have it to the people who are looking for it. And guess what? I put myself in that need it, that looking for it category all the time. So I was I was a small kid, literally smallest kid in school, but I wanted to be the next Michael Jordan. Small kid wants to be Michael Jordan. Do you think I became Michael Jordan? I did not become Michael Jordan. I I was able to shoot. I loved basketball, had a jersey for every single day of the week, but while everyone hit a growth spurt, I actually remained the smallest boy in all of elementary and middle school, second smallest individual behind a little girl named Olivia Lee. So basketball was not in my future, at least at a pro level, right? Right. And what happens when you're the small kid? And I didn't even mention this, but a small kid, but a shy kid. And a kid that we can go this route if you want, but my dad had a pretty bad alcohol and drug addiction And my mom had a neurological disorder, multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. So I had an interesting household and I was very kind of shy, reclusive. I got bullied in school. I didn't really feel like I fit in. I didn't really feel like I was fit in at home. There was a lot of drama. So 
the short kid who's small actually started to make themselves smaller. I, I remember, oh my gosh, it had to have been like 16 or 17 years old and no fault to anybody, but I'm sitting at the date dinner table and both my parents and myself are all slouched over. We're slouched. No one taught me good posture. I didn't know what health and success looked like. Mm-hmm. I would slouch and make myself smaller because I was hiding from the world. And around that time, 16, 17, that's when I had good friends and mentors show me music and I found a community in music and I started picking up personal growth books. I, I started reading The Secret in high school, which was like when it first came out. And um, I started seeing that I didn't have to feel small. I didn't have to look small and I didn't have to make myself small. And I didn't just flip a light and become successful. I actually went through a lot of struggle and a lot of drinking and drug abuse of my own and a lot of going in the wrong direction. But on the side, I was learning and I was reading and through a slow drip of personal growth and rewiring. I'll close with one short thought. COVID hits, I get let go from a sales executive role. My book of business is stripped from me. In just over a year, I'm making more money as an entrepreneur than I did as a sales executive. But that's not to impress. It's to impress upon the point that all that stuff from the past defined and put me in position to take that hard situation and turn it into an opportunity. And you asked, why move the needle? What's the purpose? I don't want others to feel small. Mm. That's that. really the core of it all. It's projecting. Oh. It's ego-based. Yeah. But if my ego-based hating the small kid in myself can help others, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but I'll be the first to admit it's a little bit ego-based. Oh my gosh, of course. Of course it is. I mean, but you know, also so I know I, I challenge always ego is bad. We do need ego, you guys. We overutilize it or maybe don't use it in an appropriate way, but ego is needed. <laughs> and it helps sometimes drive us out of bad situations that appear like we'll never get out of them. So that's probably a whole nother conversation. But I I really want to delve in. You said so much, everyone. I just really want you to listen to what he said, but I want to delve into a couple different points. You know, you talk about the needle, you know, and making sure people don't feel small. And, you know, I think of lead a needle. I think of like, you know, a ship, like if you move it just one degree, it, you know, and you go hundred, 200 miles ends up in a different country. Yeah. And it seems like these small little steps, right? These little things you're doing. And then, then you talk about, oh my gosh, a year later, you're making more money, like 12 months, you guys. I would love you to talk because I think it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around. Yeah, then you don't you want want you don't want me to feel small. But here you are talking about the little needle, making little steps. But you're talking also about in 12 months you're making more money than you were at the company you were at. Like I think for a lot of us, this bridging that gap of like how did you do that? I would love like two or three things that you can give to our audience that are in this space, like are realizing I am not healthy or I don't like my job. I, something's got to give and I feel so small Mm. and powerless yet. He's telling me in 12 months. And I believe this can happen for anyone. If that's where you want to go, whatever success looks like to you, it can happen. What would you give to our audience? Two or three little things that they could do to like make this happen for them in their own life. Yeah. And 
This has been said before. It's not new, but I don't know who needs to hear it. We really do drastically overestimate what we can accomplish in a day, a week, or even a year. And we incredibly underestimate what we can accomplish in a year, five years, 10 years. We think that we can scale summits in a day, but if we've never put on running shoes, we can't scale the summit in a day, but we could in a year. Yeah. So it's the daily actions. And I'm going to give you traditional advice that I did, but I failed. And then I'll give you a second piece of advice as to why I failed. This is good advice. So take it for what it is. Very young age. I read The Miracle Morning, Hal Elrod. Do you know The Miracle Morning by chance? So I'll break it down simply. He creates an acronym, SAVERS, and this morning saved his life. And do a variation of this. This is not to be prescriptive. It's to be descriptive of the essentials of a good morning, a good day that you can do. If we got crazy life, we might not be able to do it first thing in the morning, but get this all done in one day. SAVERS, silence or a moment of meditation or deep breathing, breath work, affirmations, affirming who you are, who you're becoming and what you're attracting, visualization, visualizing where you're going, whether it's a vision board, closing your eyes and imagining it. There's a whole, there's a classic, you know, science study talking about people shooting free throws that the people who visualize shooting the free throws actually got better at shooting free throws than people that didn't shoot at all. So visualize exercise. At the end of the day, just get the heart pumping, get the blood flowing, reading, preferably something that makes you better and not bitter, something that's going to help you grow. When I say reading, like reading the news and getting triggered is not going to help. So something that makes you better and not better. And then scribing, writing something down, journaling, setting your non-negotiables, doing your gratitude. I was doing this for almost 10 years, probably about seven years, and I still wasn't getting results. That all that stuff's good, good advice, but I wasn't getting results. And the reason I personally wasn't getting results is because I would have a good morning and then the rest of my day was trash. I worked for an employer that stressed me out Monday mornings after binge drinking for two to three days. I'd have to take a Xanax to calm down to get through the meetings. I'm being transparent. Come handcuff me. I wasn't prescribed that Xanax. So I was self-prescribing medication after binge drinking, going to a job that I hated and really like at the time, like flirting around, no good relationships in my life. And at the end of the day, you can do all the good stuff. But if you're also doing all the bad stuff, a lot of people don't even need to implement savers. They just need to start subtracting the stuff that's ruining their life. And part of that analogy is affirmations. I would look myself in the mirror And say things like, you're good enough now and you're only getting better. You're an open channel for creative ideas. You attract wealth and abundance easily and freely. But I was looking at myself in those bloodshot eyes, and I knew subconsciously that I was lying to myself. Of course. Well, if you're lying to yourself, a lot of people talk about like habits and bringing things in. All of that stuff was good, and that's what got me from zero and sad and feeling like I'm not worth anything to getting a little bit of confidence. But what got me from average to actually excelling 
wasn't adding anything. It was subtracting the stuff, subtracting the alcohol, subtracting the porn, subtracting the thinking that I have to date around to be happy and actually focusing on real relationships. Right, right. I love what you said because, you know, I talk so much about, because I'm a practitioner by trade, you know, about the chemistry, the science around the rewiring, like truly getting your brain in your body on board. And I always talk about, by the way, everybody, I love Tony Robbins. So don't bash me, but I used to have Tony Robbins incantations all over my wall. And I was literally one step away from taking my life. And people have heard me talk about this and that that's real stuff, you guys. And I'm telling you what you just said is understanding the process that maybe you have to start with first. And it's something a lot easier. It's taking things out. You know, I talk about detoxing all the time with nutrition. You can't absorb the good nutrients till you get some of the healthiness in the gut to detox. You guys, this goes with the brain. This goes with things you design in your life. So I love that you said this. And I even go as far as say, sometimes it's not even something as glaring as drinking or porn. Sometimes these micro leaks mm. of people you talk to like once or twice a week. Would you agree with that? That maybe aren't aligned with you or not really where you're at or can be supportive of you. I feel like we miss that as well. We're like, I'm not drinking. I'm not, but we're doing these micro leaks that is really robbing our joy and keeping us from this momentum or at least two steps forward, one step back. Would you agree that micro leaks can be another <laughs> kind of yeah. space where it keeps us from doing the things we want in 12 months? You, this is exactly how I'd explain it. When in every, every, all big things happen through micro moments, through micro leaps or mo micro expansion, right? So, um, if I'm living a life that's misaligned with who I want to become, that is the number one cause of imposter syndrome. I have the answer. I know where I want to go. I know who I want to be. I know who that I've decided I am. But all my actions and all my relationships and all my micro moments are evidence otherwise. Can you please say that again? This is a drop the mic phrase about imposter syndrome and alignment. Did you guys hear? We talk about imposter syndrome, how to get rid of it all the time. Please say it again. I don't know if I can say it that clear, but the simple version is if your actions, your moments your life is misaligned with who you're trying to become. You're going to feel like an imposter because you have this happened to me when I was drinking myself into a stupor and I understood all the personal growth tips. But when you're hung over and you feel depressed, are you going to lecture someone about how they should be better? You're freaking misaligned. A hundred percent. You are misaligned. Love the this. number one thing that'll make you feel like an imposter is being misaligned. The number one thing to break that imposter syndrome really is to live in alignment. And one trick that I learned recently that I haven't done yet, so I, I probably shouldn't even talk about it, but now I brought it up. I haven't done it yet. I thought it was brilliant. When you're in your highest moment, embrace that and journal on it. Write down all your good qualities. Write down all your accomplishments. I do this on a daily basis. I haven't done it in one go. But if you do this just in one go, write down all your good qualities, all your accomplishments, all the positive characteristics you have. And then when you feel low, you have a list to prove otherwise and use that list to argue with yourself. Because I would argue that that list is who you are and the person that's holding you back is not who you are. Yeah. I, that list is who you are. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying. I hope everybody's really getting this because there's this like kind of duality piece mm. that this stuff is so simple, you guys. 
moving the needle, seeing that you're not small, getting the life you want in 12 months, however, comma. Did you hear what he said? Gosh, get on the mat daily and being consistent with that. Whether you need a mentor, a coach, or someone to keep you accountable, that is where the hard part is. Because until I started, okay, now I get this. Okay, I get it. I need to get rid of the leaks. I need to stay in alignment then. But this is, you guys, this is not us trying to sell ourselves. I have never not had a coach been for something in my life. I haven't because people have asked me like, how do I stay successful? Because what you just said, I love that technique, but I sometimes have a bad day and I start questioning, like, have I improved? What am I good at? All that stuff And doing what you just said is so important, but I truly believe too. And I don't know where you stand on this, but accountability is key because that's an awesome tool, but we're still human. And if we're having a really bad day or maybe a really bad week, it's hard to get us back in. We need our cheerleaders to help pull us in and gain perspective. Would you agree with that? Totally agree. I, I, I'm a smooth talker sometimes, but you notice in the front how I emphasized I just, keyword just hired a personal trainer mm-hmm. yeah. a few months ago because I knew how to get physically fit, but I wasn't doing it. I needed to pay someone to hold me accountable. And my buddy who I work out with once in a while, he's like, you already know all the routines. Why don't you just come do it with me? I said two things. One, it's a 40-minute drive to come see you and leave, so it's a little inconvenient. And two, I don't go to him because he has some secret sauce that I can't find online. I go to him because he holds me accountable. I love it. It's so true. I love it. I love it. Simple, but you guys, it's a little stuff. I love what you're talking about. There's so many other places I want to go. This I love this conversation, everybody. <laughs> Stick around. We're just getting started. Before I go into my my bigger PowerPoint that I really want to dialogue with you about, one thing that you said is just about what you grew up in. And you know, there's some, you know, this environment that wasn't really going to be aligned with where you wanted to go. And you talked a lot about wellness. I'm a practitioner again by trade, you know, and we were you're seeing wellness for the first time from your parents that isn't great. And your mom struggling with MS. I used to work with people with MS and finding a way to step out in an environment like that and live this life that you want to live, Ben. You know, wellness, I would say first and foremost, when you have mind, body, soul wellness, you have everything. Okay. I really believe that it's the number one tool to kind of bring your vehicle to the world and you can master anything from there. But when you grow up in an environment that you feel is toxic or an environment where you don't even know what wellness is, you know, there's a lot of clients that come on with me like, Jen, I want what Ben wants and I hear all these tools, but I'm going to challenge him this. I came from a background. I didn't know where to begin on that. I come from a really bad background on the area that I actually want to have happiness or success in. What would you say from your background? What was the pivotal moment or the pivotal tool that caused you to go, this is not what I want, <laughs> whatever that was, what you learned about wellness, whatever you learned from that environment, this is not what I want. What is the one decision? What was the pivotal moment that caused you to, I'm turning here, then cause the domino effect that you created even today. What would that be? It's a fantastic question. And it's a fantastic lead in to tell the perfect story or the perfect moment. I don't have one. I don't have one specific thing. I already touched on it. Looking myself in the mirror and knowing that I was misaligned was eye-opening for me. But I knew I was misaligned for years before I actually had that thought in my head. So is there one? I don't know. But one thing that I think was a pivotal mindset that it's not like someone just taught me this one day. I had to learn it for myself. It was that no one was coming to save me. 
no one was coming to save me. I knew an environment. I had a life. I had a circumstance. And at a certain age, most of my decisions were my own decisions. No one was pushing me to do X, Y, and Z. I'm a grown-ass man. It's my life and no one was coming to save me. Now people want to help you, yeah. but they're not always going to jump from the rooftop and say, I am here for you, my friend. I had to start asking for help. I had to start asking for mentorship. I had to pay a coach and I had to look at my previous self in the eye and say, am I, am I going to like who I am? Am I going to recognize you in 20 years if you keep going this way? So this isn't easy, but I had to stop taking excuses and take personal accountability. And it didn't happen in one moment. It didn't happen in one insight. It didn't happen in a flash. It happened in an extended period of time where I started to hate myself. And I realized that if I don't do something, and if no one's coming to save me, I'm going to hate myself forever. And then what's the point? And I love that you answered this way because I was hoping you're going to answer this way. <laughs> it's nuance. It's very nuance. It is very nuance. It, it, there isn't one thing. I think we still want that magic pill. Oh my God. So I love no that you answered that way. And it's not the magic pill, but what a gift you got. I remember when I first realized no one's going to come save me. At first, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, this sucks. And then I was like, but wait a minute. That means no one else can control me. No one else can influence me. Then it got liberating. So if you're willing to sit for a moment in the yuck of, holy crap, like I have to do this on my own and go, oh crap. Yay, I get to do this on my own. I think there's a real liberation piece and then naturally start bringing in mentors and people that can help you. Would you say that everyone has the opportunity to have that gift come to them? Huge. Wow. So what's funny is like, I have nothing to sell anybody. I'm a marketer. This stuff we're talking about is not what I do in my daily life. And the thing is in marketing, everyone has a magic pill. Every market, not every marketer, I'm, I'm marketing in the fact that I'm generalizing, but every marketer has the solution and they say, don't throw things at the wall and hope that it sticks. I found the plate that everything sticks. I have the magic pill. Everyone wants to pretend there's a magic pill. There is no key. I learned this from Brad Lee, a mentor of mine. There is no one key to success. It's a combination lock. Similar to a padlock at the gym, it's a combination of numbers, a combination of movements, and each and every one of us has our own unique combination. Just how they take our fingerprint when we get in trouble because we all have a unique fingerprint. We all have unique DNA code. So there is no one person. There, there could be one person that helps, but there is no one specific magic pill or key it's a combination of experiences, events, mentors, circumstances, skill sets, mindsets, habits that are unique to your own DNA code. So for me, success is just being curious enough to understand myself better and live as my best self. Yes. That plays out externally in a lot of different ways. But the greatest success is finding your combination. 
understanding your DNA code. And I did not realize this five years ago. Five years ago, I was a strategy, tactics, habits. I was a classic dude that I was going to create a playbook and I was just going to crush the competition. But I realized that success isn't just crushing the competition. It's loving yourself that if and when you crush the competition, you feel incredible doing it. Yeah. (laughs) This is where we're going next. I love that he transitioned that, everyone. Okay. This guy is very humble, but he has been successful. You heard like he made a lot of money the first 12 months of stepping out into his own entrepreneurship role. And yes, he had a lot of different experience, but there's so many angles we can go here. How, I mean, you're a marketing master in a lot of ways, but what I love about you, what I'm drawn to, and what I find a lot of the people that listen to me are drawn to is we value and desire connection. Mm-hmm. We're in a space in, in history. I mean, humans, yes, we desire connection. It's one of our basic human needs. Okay. But we're at this, like, I will say accelerated rate of people are, are literally dying for just wanting that connection. And your podcast is the real business connection. And I, I just see the way you connect with people. And I know there's so many layers of what's made you successful, but I'd love to take an entry point with you, Ben, talking about connection. You're a great connector of people and you also connect well with others. What part has that played in your success in the first 12 months? And even now, like, tell us a little bit about that. You know, it's been an interesting transition and evolution because the word connection was very deliberate, very deliberate. On LinkedIn, when you send a friend request, it's called a connection request. Right. So I wasn't even necessarily looking to be deeply connected. I was a broke, unemployed, six weeks in business owner that wanted business connections. So I started a business connection podcast and on LinkedIn started cold messaging um, alumni from SUNY Brockport, the school I went to. So this is, it was all strategy. I want connections in business. I'm going to go to LinkedIn where it's called a connection, send a connection request and ask a SUNY Brockport alumni commonality, a lot of psychology and business and strategy going into it and ask them to be on my Rochester, New York, my hometown and their hometown podcast. It was all strategy because I got into it knowing that I was broke and that the more relationships I could build and the more connections I could make and the better I can amplify and promote others, the more abundance I'll receive. I started from a place of lack and classic strategy type A, I'm going to win at business. And I did start to win at business. But what the benefits I've reaped long term is actual connection. Hmm. <laughs> like I and it comes naturally when you get to have one on one conversations with brilliant people. And the more episodes you do, the more you realize that millions of people are successful in millions of different ways. And the more curious you get, the more interesting it gets. And I went in with a tactical perspective that worked. I have relationships, I have peers, I have friends, I have clients that I met six weeks into business that I'm still working with and talking to now because of the tactical approach. But the emotional connection and the true friendship came as a proceed of me actually doing it. So I started it in one way and it's become a whole new thing. And in the future, I guess we'll see. (laughs) 
I love how you connected this, the, the emotional connection, the tactical or strategic connection. In a lot of my viewers that come on, they, they have the ability often that they're better at one than the other. Yeah. Emotional connection versus the strategy. And then let's not get started. A lot of people in here, the word marketing, like how do I market myself, Ben, make myself different, be the, the connection that someone wants to connect with to be the connection. Like, what would you say to the listeners first and foremost, as far as connection, what do I do strategically to help really get authentically, like you said, whether it be the emotional connection, the strategy, like this is who I am. I think this might be a, a match here. What would you say to the listener? Like, what's the best step? Because that, I'm going to be honest, even with me, and when I'm just in this, I, I am not a marketing person. I hate marketing. <laughs> it is so important. And this is why I hire people to do it for me. I, like I said, it's, it's so important, but I remember you have an aversion to it. And I had people come on that they have a message, they have a skill set, they want to connect. What would you give to them from a strategic standpoint to step in authentically, make Mm -hmm. that strategic and emotional connection to start marketing and advancing their cause? What would that be? Yeah, so there's lots of advice based on where someone is, where they are in their career, lots of circumstances, but specifically based on where we are in this conversation. And I think this is like a broad stroke that works in every single case is the best way to market yourself is to market someone else. Hmm. Because through reciprocal value, it comes back to you through karma. It comes back to you. If you're a cheerleader for others, Others will become a cheerleader for you. There was a study. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but ben, check out Vanessa Van Edwards. She explains it incredibly. I'm just explaining what she explained. So we're getting pretty meta here. But the study was looking at prom kings and prom queens. People think, oh, they're the prettiest. They're the best athletes. They're the smartest. The study proved that the prom kings and prom queens actually liked people more. They were the ones that liked the most people. They had the most friends. When someone's like, that person's weird, I'm going to bully them. They're like, I like that person. They're really kind and compassionate. The most likable people were the ones that liked the most people. So if you want to market yourself, market others amplify others, cheerlead others. When I had no business, I had just started it. And honestly, I didn't know much. I would have a podcast conversation with a tiny audience. It was small, but it meant a lot to me. And I would get on LinkedIn and I would post and I'd say, Marshall Scheidt, he's a good friend of mine now. He was my first ever episode. I'd say what I learned from Marshall today. And then I had a weekly newsletter. Again, my audience was small, but I was building it. And in my weekly email, I would send uh, what I learned from, and I would pick a mentor for the day. I didn't even talk about myself. Now, it works out that I'm a marketer. So people are like, oh, he's good at marketing. But the way I marketed myself wasn't talking about how I was the next best thing since sliced bread. I was talking about how you're the next best thing since sliced bread. And then it led to referrals, it led to friendship, it led to this and that. And you can be at any part of your career. Just start helping someone else. I just <laughs> love this. I love this. We, I still think, because I've drawn a lot of high performers. And it, listen, I was a past athlete. And it's all about blood. Cut people up. Like, get out in front. Like, I had to really rewire that when I got into business. Because it didn't work in business. 
what you just said worked in business, but I came from an athletic background. And believe it or not, that that's actually pretty physical. <laughs> Blood yeah. on my shins. Like it's you're out for yourself. And that's how yeah. I was trained. So to learn what you just said, it is such a jewel, everyone. I hope you heard that. Like market others to market yourself is such a beautiful thing. And yeah, absolutely. I hear you with the neuroscience and what's it doing to your brain and the brain of others. Mm. And whether you call it karma or whatnot, we can get in the chemistry of that, everybody, but it's truth. And not only feels good to do that, to give to someone and say, this person's great because they are, but you do receive from that. So I love that you said that. I love that you said that, Ben. I have a one really good example and I want someone to fact check me because it could not be this person. It might be someone else, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. So it was Steve Nash. I think it was Steve Nash. Please fact check me. He's the two-time MVP of the NBA. He was counted. I, I don't know how, who's doing these studies, but he gave more high fives than any other player in the league. That's so it. the NBA, one of the greatest pastor, passers in basketball history, one of the greatest assist men, one of the greatest teammates gave the most high fives. Wow. So can you murder the other team and still show them love? He can. Wow. Love that. I, <laughs> I look. Okay. Well, you guys, like, we're going to be ending this little podcast, but I want to shine something else about Ben. This is, we're going high and right. Ben is funny as hell. <laughs> this is another reason why I love to connect with him. He brightens my day even before we got on this podcast today. Just his wit, just his, just the way that he creates laughter in his connection. And I believe in a world that's hurting right now, Ben, we have a lot of stuff going on in in laughter yes from a serotonin level from literally a physiological level boosts our frequency gets us into gratitude like there's so much that happens when we are willing to laugh even at mm. the junk and this is what i love about you and ben honestly were you ever a comedian do you put laughter into your life every day like what is it because you're a person that is funny to me but uh, like draws in fun people and just fun 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 am i right or wrong and what do you do about that <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I I'll be transparent. I did so much drinking and smoking and drug use that I feel like I diminished my serotonin levels. So I'm naturally at a more mellow baseline. So I specifically intentionally incorporate humor into my life. Just recently, um, this is a comedian that's incredible. I don't know if you, you can look a YouTube video. It doesn't do it justice. Earl David Reed is the most mesmerizing comedian I've ever seen because the entire show is improvised crowd work. He walks on stage where everyone's sitting there staring at you saying, make me laugh. And he looks at what you're wearing. He looks at who you're with. He looks at your body, your energy. He reads people. Right. And for an hour and a half straight, he'll just talk to the crowd and make people smile and create inside jokes within. And by the end of the show, it's like we just shared a moment together that could never be replicated. Wow. And he replicates a new unique moment at the next show. I am not that man, but I look at people like that and I think the world needs more people like that. It's great to have jokes and have a script and be brilliantly funny. I love comedians that are brilliant, funny, and scripted as well. But it blows my mind. At the core, it's about making a connection and just making each other smile. You don't even need a script to do that. So, yeah, 
I don't even know if I'm the funniest person or the happiest person, but I intentionally put myself in humorous scenarios because I think we all need to. Absolutely. And that is what Ben has done on this show today and what he's done for me. And he's absolutely changing lives one conversation at a time, for sure. Ben, they're going to want to connect with you. They're going to have so many questions. We've gone through so much. I wasn't even sure where we were going, but this guy is such a wealth of knowledge. Where can they meet with you? Where can they connect? Do you have anything on the horizon that they can invest and contribute to? I would love to hear how they can do that. Yeah. um, A small bridge to get to me. I want to commend the fact that I wouldn't be here without you. Like at the end of the day, like Jennifer is the one who's making this possible. This is your podcast. I'm blessed to be a part of it. You've had Carolyn Relief and David Mautzer. You've had incredible people. I'm humbled to even be like at the bottom of that list. So the first thing the listener needs to do if they haven't yet is hit subscribe on this show, hit five stars on this show, leave a comment if you want bonus points or brownie points as well. And then you can find me wherever you found this by typing in Real Business Connections on YouTube, your podcast app, into google.com. Just type in Real Business Connections. You'll find me. But the barrier to entry is to show some love for your girl first. And just to get meta, because I didn't realize I was doing this and someone might have noticed, I said the best way to market yourself is to market someone else. And I just did it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. He is practicing. He preaches. (laughs) It's true, though. Like, I appreciate your time. I wouldn't be here without you. And if someone wants more of me, it's because of you. Oh, thank you so much, Ben. This has just filled my cup. I know it's going to fill so many listeners. Honored to have you on. Everyone, we are signing off on the Soul Purpose Leadership Podcast. Please reach out to us, leave a review, ask questions. We want to continue to support you in the best way we can so you can live your best life one conversation at a time. We will see you next time, everyone. Thanks for listening to Soul Purpose Leadership, brought to you by Jennifer Watson Leadership. If this episode encouraged your soul today, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Jennifer Watson Leadership. Oh, hey, you're still here. Thanks for listening. If you need to take off, that's quite all right. I do have something brand new and exclusive to share. If you believe more hands-on training, peer accountability, and direct access to some of our guests from this very show would be a helpful addition to the podcast, do me a favor and head over to growgettersonly.com. That's grow, G-R-O-W, getters, G-E-T-T-E-R-S, only. 
Only.com, growgettersonly.com. Here you can unlock instant access to exclusive high-level mentors, training, networking, accountability, and hot seat coaching alongside fellow growth-obsessed entrepreneurs and business professionals just like yourself. All for guess what? One dollar. That's right, one dollar for 30 days. What's a grow getter? In short, a growth focused individual, especially in the business realm, who combines the relentless energy of a go getter with a constant pursuit of self improvement and collaboration. Is that you? Head to growgettersonly.com for some community support. This is not for you if you're looking for a quick fix rather than long term growth. Collaboration and learning from others just doesn't seem to appeal to you. You're not ready to be part of a community that relentlessly pushes boundaries. Complacency is your comfort zone. It's not for you. If it is for you, and if you didn't turn this off yet, I do presume you're a grow-getter. And I'd love to invite you to join my new collective, Grow-Getters Only. Basically, cost to check it out, $1 for a month. It's basically free. Everything is over at growgettersonly.com. Just like I said, growgettersonly.com. Oh, yeah. And one last thing. We do put on free events as well if you can't afford the dollar. <laughs> Jokes aside, I'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you.